We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know Amazon? Think again. Did you know you can get a seasonal warehouse job offer today? You don't even need to interview. That means you can make extra cash before the holidays. You can even pick your own payday. And seasonal jobs can lead to full-time, regular employment. You'll be amazed by what you can get as an Amazon Warehouse Associate. To learn more about all the benefits of working a seasonal job at Amazon, go to Amazon.com slash hourly. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the DFS OG's Pod, presented by Roto Grinders. Hope everybody out there had a Merry Christmas. Not too long ago, a couple days ago, we're coming to you here talking Week 17, our last full week of daily fantasy football. Now we got the playoffs. That's always a good time. But a lot of playoff scenarios this week. So we're going to walk you through each and every game. We're going to focus on which teams have something to play for, which teams do not, which teams may rest their starters. We will break all that down, give you all the information you need here in Week 17. Let me bring in my co-host here, Ted Chopper, Notorious Voice. How was your Christmas? How was your Week 16? Derek, let's get it started with you. How was Christmas, buddy? Yeah, great Christmas. Got a lot of family time. I was telling you guys before the show, it's a lot different when you have a kid. Uh, Normally, you just show up to the events, get a bunch of presents from your parents or whatever. But uh, yeah, a lot different when you have a kid. Uh, It's a lot more fun, but a lot more work. So I'm still recovering a little bit. Chop, Arnoto's growing up. You know, he he doesn't just sit there and and unwrap presents all day. And I always got to deliver the presents. So Santa Chop, as he's known on Twitter. How you doing, brother? How was Christmas for you? Christmas was okay, you know, can't complain, but yeah, that's the first thing you, you're going to realize is when you when you get kids, they become the center of Christmas for everybody else. They used to, you used to be the center of everybody's Christmas, you know, your mom, your dad, or whatever. Now they are the center of the Christmas, your kids, so you just got to, I know it's a blow to your ego, Notorious, you don't, you know, you want to be the center of it all, man, but it, those days are over with now. Definitely not. 
Uh, those days are gone. Yeah, when I when someone hands me a present, I'm like what? Yeah. I got something? Like it just comes out of comes out of left field. Like wow, all right, one present, not bad. And my kids, I swear, it's almost like a speed unwrapping competition. They don't even see what the present is. It's just on to the next one, toss that aside, on to the next one. So it's pretty impressive to see that. But good to see you guys had a good Christmas. Hope week sixteen was good to everybody out there. Let's get into week 17, and it's a different week. I love week 17, you know, as far as daily fantasy goes. I know a lot of people, they don't like it. If your season-long leagues have a championship in week 17, to me that's like putting mayonnaise on toast. Like You just don't do it. Week 16 should be your championship. But for daily purposes, there's a big edge to be had. You know, And you guys fire off with your opinion on this, but I think it's a week you got to dig a little bit deeper. you got to find the beat writers you trust. Really get that information that not probably not readily available like it is any other week. So week seventeen, just a different animal, and I like how the NFL structured this. Now we don't have a Thursday night game, we don't have a Sunday or Monday night game. First time in forty years we don't have a primetime game to end the season. But what they did, they moved all the teams pretty much that have something to play for to the four twenty five slate. We have nine games that start at four twenty five, so you get seven early games. Nine late games. It's going to be a hell of a red zone day. So let's jump into the analysis here. And again, we'll talk about what teams are in it, what teams are out of it. Two teams that are out of it, Chop. We'll start with you, Green Bay and Detroit in this one. Jim Caldwell came out and said, we're going to play our starters. We're going to go all out. Green Bay dealing with a lot of injuries. We know Rodgers is out. Jordy Nelson looking very unlikely in this game. Any fantasy appeal here with two teams with basically nothing to play for? Uh... God dang it. Um, lost my place here. Yeah, I don't uh, – you know, uh, as, as far as like a strategy thing on, on week 17, you know, I like to, you know, look at the, the teams obviously who have something to play for, a lot to play for. You definitely want to focus on those guys. And you could also focus on the teams you know have nothing to play for as far as they're going to be playing in the next week or two in the playoffs, and you know they're resting their guys. You know, we've already seen a bunch of news come out today about certain people resting, and you could take advantage of that. And for teams like Green Bay and Detroit who've been eliminated or in no man's land, this is this is tough, you know, for me to, to stand behind too firmly behind any of these kind of teams, you know, because you just don't know where they're going to go with it. So I don't have a whole lot of interest here. I don't know what Detroit's really going to do. I definitely don't know about their motivation, uh, having been eliminated like that. And, and for Green Bay, they're down to, like, nothing in the receiving core. I got a feeling Randall Cobb will be their number one, uh, and that's not saying very much. You know, that's not a very very high thought there uh, going into Sunday. I don't think I want to roster Randall Cobb. So games like this I can almost avoid them on Sunday there's going to be so much so many teams out there with so much to play for and, and studs playing right and left that I don't know if I, I even want to get mixed up in, in any of this stuff yeah you don't have to yeah. you, know, you get all 16 games on the main slate you know some weeks we're down to eight nine games you may have to dig a little bit deeper but I'm with you you know you really want to focus on the teams that have their, their playoff lives on the line that are going to go all out and again we'll hit on all that as we go out. These teams, they just don't have it. You know, could, could it be a, a Jeff Janis week who loves to show up randomly at the end of the season? Sure. You know, if, you, if you're talking 100 tournament lineups, I may put them in a couple. I don't see one single play in this game, Derek, that I'm going to go out of my way to roster. Nice value here, some cheap plays, 
agree or disagree, any interest here at Green Bay and Detroit? Yeah, for cash games, small tournaments, I think you can just cross this one off your off, off your list. For large field tournaments, I mean, Jamal Williams should see, you know, 95% of the snaps. He's interesting at 5,200. Randall Cobb could be the wide receiver one uh, with the injuries to Nelson and Devontae Adams. So I don't mind him at 4,700. If you want to take a deep tournament shot on Michael Clark or Geronimo Allison, who are likely going to get the starts on the outside uh, for Green Bay, don't mind that. On Detroit side, the guy I'm really only looking at is Theo Riddick. Uh, he's playing about two-thirds of the snaps ever since they demoted Amir Abdullah. Only 4,800 still. We know uh, you know he's a great pass catcher out of the backfield. So he's going to get four or five targets, uh, potentially more. And uh, as long as Teon Green doesn't come in and steal the goal line work, I think he could be at least somewhat interesting at 4,800. And, and it's important to find the beat writers you trust. Don't read, don't believe everything you read that, that Detroit's going to go out. Caldwell's saying that there, there's a lot of pressure on Jim Caldwell here locally uh, that he may lose his job. So they may very well be going all out, uh, or him at least, to keep his job. So just keep an eye on that one. But not a very appe- appealing game for me fantasy wise. Let's move on to another one, Derek. Not not much better here. Houston and Indy. The early slate kind of littered uh, with these teams that have been eliminated. Uh, from playoff contention pretty much. So you know, Indy by four, 41-point total here. Any interest in this one? Colts, Texans. On uh, Houston's side, not, not a ton of interest outside of DeAndre Hopkins. You can always uh, you know, make the argument to play him. He's going to see his targets. Pretty nice matchup uh, against the Colts secondary, who's really struggled all season long. Uh, we saw Alfred Brew, Blue cut into the work of Lamar Miller last week, so I don't want to touch their backfield. Not really interested in anyone else on Houston's side. Uh, for the Colts, you know, Frank Gore, I think he needs like 130 rushing yards or something to become the fifth player uh, to rush for over 1,000 yards four times in the last in, – in 10 years. So, I mean, if they want to really uh, go out of their way to try to get him that mark, uh, that would be kind of a cool way to send him off. But I certainly don't expect that to happen. Um, T.Y. Hilton, I think he needs, you know, a few yards to reach uh, 1,000 yards for the season. So, I don't think uh, – he's a bad play. We know that he's much better at home. And indoors, pretty nice matchup against the Texans, who just pretty much don't have any of the same defenders that they had at the start of the year. Uh, this is what another one of those games that just two teams that have nothing to play for, so probably don't want a ton of exposure to it. Yeah, Hilton's intriguing to me. I mean, nice cheap price under 6K. Last game against Houston, 37.5 fantasy points uh, in that one. So you know, he's interesting at home. But again, Chop, not a lot of appeal in this one. You may find a diamond in the rough here or there, but... Uh, what are your thoughts here on Texans Colts? Yeah, with week seventeen now, now these teams have an excuse not to, not to play their their big studs the whole game. So that that's what worries me about a game like this. Like up until now, you couldn't really take Ty out of the game after the first quarter or DeAndre out of the game. You'd probably get a, a, a dirty letter from the NFL front office. But you know, in week seventeen, everybody's doing it, so you have an excuse. So it, it does worry me a little bit. But yeah, I do like Ty. And I do like DeAndre. Uh, I think there's appeal to those guys in tournaments. And just a real quick story on Alfred Blue. I'm sitting there on on a Christmas Day. I we, you know, went to my mom and dad's, and my dad's got him a couple lineups into the big tournaments. You know, and I'm taking a look at him. Like, man, look, what are you doing here? You got, you, listen, you got you got two thousand dollars left over, and you played Alfred Blue. Alfred Blue is about a five point player. That's maximum. That's a ceiling. 
You got to get him. You could have Martavis there or somebody like that. Get him out of there, man. Sure enough, Alfred Blue comes up with 16 carries and the 100-yard bonus. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know about this DFS anymore. Yeah, it's, it happens to me, too. You know, my, my dad dabbles. He plays a little bit, and, and he'll have some lineups. And, and No, you can't do that. You got to change. And anytime I change anything for him, it backfires. You know, and he'll have guys like that out of the blue, way out of left field. That go off. Yeah. So I don't even uh, adjust his lineups anymore. Pops, do your thing, man. Sounds like chop. Your dad's in the same yeah. boat. My wife wanted to play Anis Cantor on Christmas. Talked her out of that one. So that felt good. <laughs> so there you go. The experts here. Uh, experts roundtable. Uh, let's move on, guys. Bears and Vikings. Now this one, Minnesota does have something to play for. A win and they lock up the number two seed, which we know is a bye week uh, in, in the first week of the playoffs. So uh, Vikings, very intriguing to me here. A lot of pieces of their offense. You know, they're not too expensive. You can still get them in there. Bears, tough spot here going to Minnesota in the division. So, Chop, what do you got, Bears and Vikings? Yeah, I don't want anything from Chicago side. I think they're going to get totally run out of this game. It's going to be a blowout. So uh, I, there's a piece of me that feels like, you, you know, you could go with Adam Thielen. And maybe Stefan Diggs, but I really like the running game here. I think this is going to be over with by halftime. Uh, obviously, like Minnesota's defense quite a bit, but I think and I'm going to get back on the Latavius Murray train in a blowout, and he's going to grind out some carries there to end this game. And uh, so I like the running game here for Minnesota. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point. It's 11, 12, 12 and a half point spread, depending on where you look. So Thielen, you know, still costs you 7,600. Stefan Diggs, though, Derek, down to 6,000. And I agree with Chop's point. You know, Murray, McKinnon, both pretty value priced there, 53 and 5,100. So interest level in the Vikings, any worry about the blowout, any interest in the Chicago side of things? Definitely have more interest uh, in the Vikings than I do on the Bears. Uh, For Chicago, Kendall Wright does have 30 targets over his last three weeks. It's noteworthy, but probably not enough for me to look that way. They have nothing to play for. So uh, for me, I like Latavius Murray quite a bit as well. 5,300 is a pretty nice uh, price tag for him. He doesn't do a ton of pass-catching work, but he can get a couple catches here and there. Uh, I'll probably side with Thielen over Diggs. Um, you know, we saw Diggs have a better game last week, so kind of like going uh, the opposite way with Thielen here. And uh, Yeah, and that's about it. I mean, Kyle Rudolph's always a guy that is under-owned in tournaments if you want to look at him. But I do worry about the blowout a little bit. If they uh, are up big and they have that two-seed locked up, I think uh, we could see their guys rest rest in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I like the Vikings D, but 3900 it's it's up there. Second highest price defense on the slate here. So a lot of people look to pay down at D. That can make them contrarian. Nice little stack with a Murray or a McKinnon. All right, next game, Jets and Patriots. New England, it's simple. They win. They lock up the number one seed in the AFC home field throughout the playoffs and that bye week in the opening round of the playoffs. So we saw this scenario last year, Chop. I believe it was Miami they were playing in Week 17 and they went all out. You got New England starters the entire game. So you got Brady, Deion Lewis coming off a huge week last week. Gronk, Cooks, where is your priority level here with New England? Do you worry that they're going to sit guys if they get ahead? Do you think they, they go as, as they did last year and play the entire game? Who are your priority Patriots you want in this one? Uh, it's an interesting game because, yeah, they're going to come out and they're going to throttle the Jets and they're going to lock this thing up pretty quick. And then I do think they, they turned to some reserves even last week. I mean, Deion Lewis ended up getting his points there at the end. But after that last touchdown, 
I think it was, you know, Brandon Bolden who came in and killed the clock later on. It was such a big lead. I would expect I would expect Brandon Bolden to come into this game even earlier this week and kill the clock. So I think Deion Lewis, is, as tempting as he is, he may be a fade to me. I don't know if they're going to turn a big workload over to him two, two weeks in a row. So I don't know. I might pump the brakes on them, and I might go to Brady here thinking that, you know, comes out, had a rough week last week, comes back at home, blows them out real quick, puts a huge total up by halftime, and then, then he can relax, and you've probably got a nice little contrarian quarterback when a lot of people are going to flop at quarterback this week. And we're going to get into some of the flops here in a little bit. But So I'm thinking maybe the New England passing game. I just don't know if they're going to give Lewis that much work two weeks in a row. Yeah, and his, his price jumped up, you know, 800 bucks, And Brady – 6,800 is the cheapest he's been all season long. So, Derek, same question. You know, where is your interest level in the Patriots? Uh, any must plays for you? Any fades? And I'm guessing no interest in the Jets side of things. Yeah, no interest in the Jets unless you want to play Brady uh, with one of his receivers, bring it back with Robbie Anderson or something. Don't hate that idea. But definitely not going to go out of my way to target the Jets. Uh, Deion Lewis, I kind of like him a little bit, you know, coming off of that big week. Um, they got so many weapons. I mean, if, uh, you know, they got Burkhead and White that should be back uh, eventually. So I'm not too worried about uh, Lewis's workload. I think he's a solid play once again, especially if the ownership's not going to be too crazy. Uh, we'll have to see later in the week what that's going to be like. But 6,800 for, you know, a workhorse and a good offense. Uh, you know, 15-point favorites at home. Certainly don't mind that. And then on the Brady to his receiver side, more of a tournament play for me. I think it's interesting to go up to Gronk at tight end this week. You know, a lot of people tend to pay down a tight end, but I think it's a good week uh, to take those guaranteed points and uh, pay up for Gronk. Yeah, always, uh, especially on DraftKings, people love those those cheap tight ends, the double tight ends. So, so Gronk always seems to be lower owned. A lot easier to fit him in on a FanDuel. An interesting point of Robbie Anderson. Glad you brought him up. 12 targets in the last game. No, he only caught four of those, 76 yards in that game. So, Price down to 5K, should see some targets in a blowout. A more of a tournament play, obviously, but uh, Robbie Anderson, somewhat intriguing. All right, Derek, you get the, the luxury of leading off here with Redskins and Giants. I don't even have an intro for this game. Not a lot of appeal here on this one. Redskins, Giants, what do you think? Yeah, so got to monitor P. Ryan. Uh, if he ends up being out, looks like he's questionable right now, but... Looked like he ended up playing through the injury last week. Didn't look great. So if he ends up being out, Capri Bibbs is going to be one of the more popular plays of the week. Only 3,900. He's great out of the passing game. And uh, we pretty much see most of the snaps there in the backfield. So definitely something to monitor there. Uh, you can attack this Giants defense through the air as well. Uh, but Cousins normally a guy that I like to play at home. And, uh, yeah, so I don't really know. I like Doxon quite a bit. I think he's interesting at 4,400. Giants, one of the worst uh, teams of football at defending wide receivers. So uh, I don't mind Doxon. And then uh, I'll take a look at Bibbs as well if uh, P. Ryan ends up being out. For the Giants, I don't really know what to do here. Uh, Sterling Shepard, you know, plays a lot of his snaps out of the slot. So he should be able to avoid, you know, the, the corners for Washington. So I don't mind Sterling, Sterling Shepard. And uh, that's pretty much the only guy I like on the Giants. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. We could see Davis Webb this week. You you could see Eli start and somebody else come in. So, you know, Ingram, Shepard, both dealing with injuries. I just can't go there, Chop. How about yourself, Redskins and Giants? Yeah, so the Giants are completely off the board for me. The Ingram, I don't even think Ingram is going to play this week. And uh, 
yeah, I just I don't want any part of it there. That I've had enough of the Giants this year. That's about it. For the Redskins, uh, yeah, I do agree. If if P Ryan's out, I'll go to Bibbs. He's you know one of those guys like he's got something to show. He wants a job in the NFL. So if he's going to get a bunch of carries against a defense that's almost already on vacation, I'll I'll gladly take that. And I and I do think that uh you could attack the Giants through the air with Cousins and Dotson, maybe Crowder, but. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at WoodhouseMazda.com. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at WoodhouseMazda.com. Uh, I just I wonder how much resistance the Giants are going to put up on offense and if that's even going to be necessary. I really see the Giants rolling over here and, and getting blown out. I like the Bibbs call. 3,900, four targets in each of the two games he's been with the Redskins. So that could be interesting. Keep an eye out on the P. Ryan news. But, boys, we forgot to pour one out for week 16. I'm just thinking about it now. So the holidays got me all, all flustered. We didn't even get to pour one out. So – we're going to rewind. We're going to go back, and we're going to pour one out for Week 17 before we press on here. So, Chop, why don't you lead us off? You got to you got to pour one out ready for Week 16. Oh yeah, it's uh, I took the double whammy on this one, man. I'm pouring one out for Ezekiel Elliott, who crushed about what I guess I had him in about 70 percent of my lineups. So, uh, and he ended up not getting fed in the second half. And so he destroyed the lineups. Then the Cowboys end up missing out on the playoffs because of, once again, some terrible coaching out there by Jason Garrett. So, unfortunately, we're not, we don't even have a chance. And that's, that's too bad, too, because if the Cowboys would have been in contention this week, we could have seen a, a monster offensive day with Philly melling it in and not even playing starters this week. But we don't even get that luxury now. Now we got to sweat out whether the Cowboys are even going to play their starters. So, Elliot. Got to pour one out for Izuka Elliott this week. All right, Derek, what do you got? Pour one out for week 16. Yeah, if Elliott would have had a better day, it would have helped my pick uh, for pouring out as well. And that's Russell Wilson. Threw for 93 yards uh, against the Cowboys. Really good spot for him. He did have a couple touchdowns, which uh, helped salvage his day a little bit. But definitely not what I was expecting uh, out of Wilson. I was hoping that game was going to turn into a shootout. Yeah, had a lot of Russell Wilson, had him in cash games, so it's disappointing to see. Couldn't even get to 100 yards, Russ. Come on. But we'll, we'll get to him later. I, I think it's another good bounce-back spot for Russell Wilson. Mine's going to be Robert Woods. You know, when Todd Gurley's doing absolutely everything out on that field, receiving, rushing, scoring all the touchdowns, tough for Robert Woods to get anything going. So I uh, had him in a ton of lineups, didn't work out. Luckily had some Gurley, though, to make up for it. So Robert Woods, my poor went out. For week 16. All right, let's get back to this week, guys. And Chop, you mentioned it. Dallas and Philly. We know Philly's locked into that number one number one spot in the NFC. Dallas was eliminated. Give you a little give you a little ribbing there, Chop. Your team is out along with mine. 
Who would have thought Derek's team would be the only team alive in the playoffs? The Jacksonville Jags. Crazy. But what do you think we see out of Philly here, Chop? Do, do we see the starters maybe come in, play a couple series? Do they not play at all? So where do you come out there? And then Dallas, you know, do they go out and fight for Jason Garrett? Do, do they mail it in because they're out of the playoffs? You're the Cowboys fan. How are they handling this game? Well, I certainly hope they're not fighting for Jason Garrett. My God. <laughs> I was hoping terrible. you'd say that. I want, I want to test your uh, Jason Garrett level of Man. interest. And hey, wow, hey, wow. Well, since you brought up Todd Gurley, let's pour one out for my fantasy team. Uh, number one seed all year long, two losses, all the, all this good stuff, and run into Todd Gurley in that 55-point game in the finals, man. Can't do nothing about it, but pour one out for my season-long yeah, league. If you ran into Todd Gurley in the playoffs, it's, you just got steamrolled. There's nothing you can do about that. So what, what a historic two weeks here. So sorry to hear that. We'll pour one out for the fantasy teams. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. So the Eagles, obviously nothing here interests me at all. I don't even – maybe these guys come out and play the first quarter and that's about it, so I don't want any piece of the Eagles. The Cowboys were very interesting. There's a piece of me that says, why would they Why would they pull off of Elliott now? Like he's been out for six weeks. Why, you know, let him get another week's work. You ain't got – you have nothing to play for next week or for the next six or seven months, so might as well get him some work in now. He just missed a bunch of time. So there's a piece of me that still wants to take Elliott this week, and he'll be totally contrarian because nobody else will have him. Uh, and after that, though, there's nobody I would trust. With the guys saying this morning, I'm reading Twitter, and they're saying it's a possibility that we're going to see some younger guys in the game. It throws me off a little bit. So I don't, really don't want any piece of anybody except for maybe I'll take Elliott in tournaments just to uh, be a totally contrarian for a guy who has a chance to have a blow-up game if they do play him. Yeah, and he, you get the double whammy with him. People, you know, he burned people last week. It wasn't horrible, but didn't pay off his number, obviously. Plus the the uncertainty of what his role is going to be. Are they really going to go and uh, give him 20, 30 carries in this game? So should be very, very low owned at a pretty high price tag. Derek, same question to you. You know, what do you think Philadelphia does in this game? Uh, any interest maybe in some of the backups of Corey Clement, uh, something like that? And then Dallas, are you in? Are you out? What are you doing with the Cowboys? If this was like a two-game, three-game slate, I might have some interest in some of the Eagles' backups. Um, we got 16 games uh, to choose from, so I'm not going to be playing roulette with any of their backups. I'll be fading uh, the Eagles completely. For Dallas, yeah, I kind of agree with Chop. Don't mind going back to Zeke in tournaments. You know, a lot of reports saying that you know he was in the best shape of the season before last week. Didn't look great, but certainly think uh, this could be an interesting spot if the Eagles decide to rest some of their guys on defense. So I'll take a shot on Zeke in tournaments and uh, be avoiding – Pretty much the rest of the game. Yeah, Dallas. I mean, an open Philadelphia minus two. Dallas uh, already up to three point favorite. So you know the writing clearly on the wall. That's one way you can tell if you're not sure what's going to happen. Look at Vegas. You know they're they're going to tell you a lot of people have a lot of money on the line. That tells me you know Dallas still is going to go out and play their starters. So maybe not cash game plays, but I have some interest in Zeke in tournaments as well. All right, let's roll on here. Another 1 o'clock game. Last one here, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, Derek. So two teams on opposite ends of the spectrum here. Pittsburgh still has a chance, uh, if New England loses, to move up to the number one seed. Is Cleveland going to go 0-16 here? That's the question. Are they going to join the Lions as the second team to pull off that feat? Does Cleveland have any chance to win this game? No, they have zero chance of winning this game. Uh, Yeah, yeah, there's no chance – for them even to be competitive, I don't think. I think the Steelers just steamroll them. 
no interest in anyone on the Brown side for me. You know, I've been playing Josh Gordon each week. Hasn't really worked out uh, ever since he caught that long touchdown against the Packers. So for me, the Browns pretty easy fade. Although Corey Coleman, 3,800. I mean, maybe I'll take it one shot on, uh, you know, if I make 10 tournament lineups or something. For the Steelers, they do have to win. They are big favorites, so there is a concern, you know, if they're up big or if the Patriots are up big at the same time that, you know, maybe they rest some of their guys in the fourth quarter. But until that happens, you know, got to love Le'Veon Bell, got to like uh, Juju Smith, then Martavis Bryant. The problem is we have to pay premiums for pretty much all of them. So I'll probably have a little bit of Bell and a little bit of the other two, but Definitely not a spot that I feel great about, you know, paying 10K for Le'Veon. Yeah, you definitely know they're going to be scoreboard watching with New England playing at the same time. So Juju up 73, Brian up 62, Chop. Le'Veon Bell hit the 10K mark for the first time this season. So generally a lock and load. Any concern with this game getting out of hand paying 10K for Le'Veon Bell? I mean, I have a concern about paying 10K for anybody. Yeah. You know, anytime I don't, I don't like it, but uh, so I probably won't have him. I'll probably fade him for a lot of reasons, uh, including some of the things y'all just mentioned. Like, uh, I, I don't think it's a, a very competitive game. I think Pittsburgh can ha- handily win this game. And then when you watch that game on Christmas Day, man, I mean, they had uh, no problems throwing to Justin Hunter and and then giving a handoff to their fullback to get a cheap touchdown there in the second quarter instead of Le'Veon Bell and instead of Schuster or Bryant. Like, I think he'll he'll spread it around as much as he needs to. And and uh, Stephen Ridley got a pretty good workload there against Houston because they knew they had the game in hand, even though technically it's still within reach for Houston to come back. But they still let Ridley get a lot of carries there to spell uh, Le'Veon Bell. I think, it, I think it could happen again this week that – they take the foot off the gas pedal just a tad bit on Le- on Le'Veon Bell and Schuster and Bryant. And if that's the case at these prices, especially 10K, I need to have all the care. I need to have, I need to be locked into 30 touches for Le'Veon Bell, and I don't think I am. So for that reason, it's a fade. On the other side, I would have some interest in Josh Gordon, but looking at the weather, this weather is going to be very cold in certain a lot of places this week in the NFL. I want to see how – got to go back and do a little research on how certain quarterbacks react to that really cold weather. Like Case Keenum did not like that cold weather <laughs> no, the other night not. in Green Bay. And so if if Kaiser has shown me anything in the past weather-related, I'm going to make note of it when I do a little bit more research. But it's supposed to be very cold in Pittsburgh, so I'm, that may put a damper on Josh Gordon. I, mean, I can vouch for the cold. I got up for work this morning. It was negative 13 degrees. That that was the actual temperature. Uh, not not dude, wind chill. I, I can't, man. <laughs> Yeah, I took my garbage out earlier. It's like 40 degrees, and I, I had to run back inside. I couldn't even do it. 40, that's the threshold, oh, Chop? That was it, man. I'm, 40 I'm, here, I'm, we're rocking shorts, T-shirts, flip-flops. So that's how we roll. But was there anything more tilting than a Justin Hunter touchdown? When, when people, pro- I mean, I had every different combination of Steelers receivers you could have. You look up from the TV, you see Justin Hunter scoring. He must have been in your dad's lineup, Chop. Did he, did he have Justin Hunter too? I don't even think he he even came. I don't even ju- think Justin Hunter was in in the salary pool, man. That's how bad that one was. And then and then and then the goal and then to give their fullback Knicks uh, a touchdown there in the second. That was pretty tilting, too, even though everybody had Le'Veon Bell. But I'm sure a lot of people could have used that little pass to Jesse James right there or something like that. So I don't know, man. Just the way they used the guys last week. 
because they knew they had that game in hand. That, that makes me really worried about this week. Yeah, I'm with you. Really tough to pay that $10,000 price tag off if he's not going to get a full workload. So a great point there. All right, let's move on to the fun stuff. You know, every game moving forward has some type of playoff implications. Again, I don't ever remember a day where we had seven afternoon games, but here we are. So let's kick it off with Carolina, Atlanta. Chop, we'll start with you. Atlanta basically playing for everything. They have to win to get in the playoffs. Carolina still has a shot to move up. They, they can range anywhere from the two seed if Minnesota loses and they win. They could fall all the way down to the five seed with a loss here. So both teams, a ton to play for. To me, this is the best game on the slate. You know, you're in Atlanta. You have no, no weather concerns. We got a pretty nice total here, around 45 and a half, 46, and two teams with everything to play for. So where are we at, Chop? Carolina, Atlanta should be a fun one. Yeah, this does look like a fun game, and this is why uh, – well, Seattle has a really realistic shot at getting into the playoffs because I think Carolina will walk in there and beat Atlanta. I'm not sold on Atlanta. Uh, but for Atlanta, I do want to fire up Julio Jones here. I think he's their best bet, and with everything on the line, I would imagine they feed him. Uh, no interest in the running game because the Carolina run defense is is just too good for that. Uh, so I want Julio Jones here, all the Julio Jones I can get a hold of. Don't want Matt Ryan. He's been pretty bad this year. Like He's took a real step backwards, so I'm not going to go that route. But uh, for Carolina, I think that uh, these guys are all in play. Uh, Cam Newton, I think, could have a big game here. Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield. Funches, I would imagine, gets back on track. And Greg Olson. Now, I think they're going to send Bird to the IR this week, so I think he's out. And if that's the case, if Russell Shepard is still banged up, I'd be looking at a tournament option like Kalen Clay to save some money and, and to hit a long bomb on this defense. Shepard is supposed to be back. Bird is definitely out on IR. Shepard is still questionable, but they're expecting him to be back. So something to monitor. But there could be a cheap play there regardless You know, out of those two guys. So Clay, Shepard, I like that call. Derek, where's your interest level in Matt Ryan? Chop kind of wrote him off 5900 I know he hasn't been great, but it's a pretty nice price on him. At home with their lives on the line, it's a playoff-tested team, obviously. I'm more intrigued than Chop is. I like that price tag on Matt Ryan. Yeah, I like the price tag, but I don't think I'm going to be going there. Um, but, yeah, this is a great game. I mean, both teams have something to play for as far as, the, you know, the way to beat the Panthers is with, uh, you know, talented receivers, and they certainly have that in Julio Jones. So I'm going to be loading up on Julio. He could have had a really big game against him earlier in the year. He dropped uh, that long touchdown, and then Matt Ryan just missed him on another long touchdown. So I think he bounces back in a big way here. Devontae Freeman is definitely interesting at 5,600. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to go Matt Ryan, 5,900, I won't uh, you know talk you out of him. But I kind of want uh, my cheaper quarterbacks to have some running upside, and Ryan doesn't really do that. Uh, on the Panthers' side, we know the best way to beat Atlanta is, uh, you know, with pass catching running backs, and that's what McCaffrey does best. So I think it's a really nice spot for him. And then, uh, yeah, it's a good spot for Cam Newton to get going. Uh, Greg Olson's in play for me, and yeah, with Bird out, don't mind looking uh, to Funchess. Although he's just one of those guys that either shows up in a big way or you know doesn't seem to do anything. So definitely more of a tournament play for Funchess. Uh, but I think uh, it's a great game to load up on. You can make some game stacks and, uh, you know, just watch, you know, hope for a shootout. Yeah, love McCaffrey. You know, like you said, Atlanta for years has struggled with pass catching running back. So he's intriguing in this one. Was it not Carolina that Julio went for 300 yards last year? Was that, yep. was that the team? Yep. So, 
You know, it's a good matchup. Like you said, he could have had a huge game against them earlier in the year, hadn't dropped those touchdowns. So I really like Julio Jones uh, if you're spending up as well. 8,200 doesn't feel high enough on Julio. All right, let's get to the next game here, Cincinnati and Baltimore. We know Cincinnati is eliminated. Baltimore still has a lot to play for. they got to win, to get in. Where are we at, Derek? Uh, I don't have much interest in Cincinnati, but – Baltimore, you know, is it an Alex Collins game? Do we dare go with any of the receivers here or Joe Flacco? To me, it's Collins, not much else. Where do you come out in this one? Yeah, the only interest I would have in the Bengals is if Joe Mixon's unable to play. Didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, I believe he's done with the ankle injury. Did, only played like one quarter last week. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, 19-13 and 33 fantasy points uh, on DraftKings the last three weeks. He'd pretty much play every snap and – Get a lot of those short dump offs that we like to see. So 5,700, definitely viable for me if Mixon's out. Not a ton of interest in uh, A.J. Green. He just doesn't seem like he's too interested in football at the moment. Uh, for the Ravens, yeah, I don't know where I want to go. You know, they have a high total. Uh, they're playing at home. They're big favorites. I think Alex Collins makes the most sense. Uh, but 5,600 for him seems like a lot. You know, he doesn't do a ton of pass game work. Um Mike Wallace seems a little bit overpriced. Maybe if Macklin's out, that'll give him a little bump. But, yeah, I mean, I think for me it's probably just going to be the Ravens' defense. Yeah, I mean, Collins getting a lot of work, 30 carries over the last two games, but the efficiency hasn't been there. You know, he's averaging less than three yards a carry over those last two games. So not the easiest matchup in the world. It's still a divisional matchup. You know, I know Cincinnati's mailed it in, but it's your division rival, Chop. you got a chance to ruin their season you're going to try and go all out in my opinion. So I don't have much interest in Cincinnati. That being said, I don't have a ton of interest in Baltimore either. Did you guys see Jim Harbaugh come out and say, why are they moving our game? We're going to have less fans at the game because you moved it to 425. They don't care about us. I thought that was interesting, but (laughs) chop, what, what do you got here? Bengals and Ravens. Yeah, I'll probably write the Bengals off here. They, they had a, a good last stand at home last week. And I think that's the way, that was that was like their Super Bowl eliminate Detroit from the playoffs at home, and, you know, in Cincy, and and that's it. And then this week is just going to be a total fall apart week, and Baltimore has a lot to play for, so they're going to play it hardcore. And and I think this is a big blowout. Uh, but who to go with on Baltimore is a tough. It's been a tough question all year long. But I don't have interest in anybody. But for a GPP flyer, I'm going to take a flyer on Danny Woodhead this week. I think that's the way you can beat Cincinnati. Having a guy come out of the backfield, catch passes. They've been throwing him some passes here since he got off the injured list. I'm kind of um, – I don't know if Alex Collins is going to – he's been okay sometimes, but sometimes he just doesn't get it done. So, But it seems like Woodhead's pretty solid and consistent. They're going to target him. So I, I, think, I think Woodhead's a good shot, a good player to take a shot on in GPPs. Yeah, I have a little bit of interest in Mike Wallace. You know, Macklin not looking likely to play, and he's been double-digit fantasy points in six of his last seven, I believe. So, you know, he's been the guy there. Not a ton of interest, but always gives you that deep threat ability. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at WoodhouseMazda.com. And at 5,700, 
somewhat intriguing. All right, let's move on. Buffalo and Miami. So we know Miami's out. Buffalo, they have to win. They're going to need some help as well. You know, I think they need wins from Jacksonville and Oakland, I believe. So Buffalo's got to win, need some help. On the road, it's another divisional game. So, Chop, any worry? Does, does Miami stand up, try to ruin Buffalo's season? Buffalo, we know, has to go all out. So I like McCoy. Tyrod Taylor on the road has not been the same guy. So a lot to get to here. Where do you come out, Buffalo and Miami? Yeah, I think this is an upset right here. I think Miami's going to win this game. and I, I mean, all these teams with something to play for, they're not all going to win. We see it every year. People get upset. I think this is going to be the one of the upsets right here, and they're going to knock Buffalo out of their playoff hunt. So uh, I think Miami could do it, and I mean – I don't see any reason why we wouldn't go back to Kenyon Drake here. Wasn't a great week last week, but he's got enough volume, and the price tag is still at 7.2. I think he's perfectly fine. It's a really good matchup. Just a couple weeks ago in Buffalo, he put up big numbers against this defense, so now he's back at home. And in one of the better uh, weather-friendly games that you're going to see this weekend, not not all that snow and cold and ice. So I think Kenyon Drake is the guy – Jarvis Landry is always a threat with his with his PPR, and uh, for on the flip side, I think if you're looking at anybody, Lashawn McCoy is the bet uh, the bet I want to make, but because the receivers are just kind of like, I mean, I give Kelvin Benjamin credit; he makes some good catches, but man, that dude looks terribly out of shape, and I don't want to roster that. Like he, he he just looks blown up, and I don't want to roster that this week. Although he made a hell of a catch against New England that I can't believe they called back and and took the touchdown off the board. But I don't want to depend on him every week. Oh, that's you know, New England's got a lot of lucky breaks this season, and uh, people with their uh, their just thoughts about that. But uh, I will leave that alone. You know, the conspiracy theories. Buffalo intriguing. Chop, I'm kind of with you. You know, they're only about three point favorites here. I think this is a huge letdown spot uh, where Miami actually gets it done. So you mentioned Drake had a big game against them. I have a lot of interest there. Uh, Landry always in play on DraftKings, and Devontae Parker, he's pretty cheap, gives you that big playability. So 4,400, I like him as well. So more interest for me, Derek, in the Miami side of things. How do you come out on Bills and Dolphins? Chop, I think Kelvin Benjamin was just beefing up for that snow game. I mean, everyone else was sliding around. He had some sure footing in that one. Um, yeah. He was in his preseason condition. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he looked good in that snow Actually, game. Actually, uh, maybe not, now that I think about it, maybe he was just wearing a couple sets of uh, uh, sweats underneath his uniform. Maybe that's why he looks a little bloated. There you go. Uh, for me on the Buffalo side, I don't mind McCoy. I don't think I'm going to be looking at him, though. Uh, I like Charles Clay quite a bit. Nine and ten targets over the last two weeks. Uh, had five catches for 68 yards against the Dolphins a couple weeks ago. So as long as he's able to go, he's currently listed as questionable, but um, I think he'll be able to suit up. So I like him at 3,700. For Miami, yeah, I like going back to Kenny Drake. Saw 11 targets uh, when they faced the Bills a couple weeks ago. He's going to see all the work, especially if Damon Williams is out again. Jay Cutler, I don't think he's a terrible play. I mean, he's thrown the ball at least 38 times three weeks in a row. Uh, they're going to want to pull off the subset like you guys mentioned. So I like pairing him up with Jarvis Landry. And we know Kenyon Drake's a great receiver out of the backfield too. So a uh, little Miami stack. I don't mind in this one. Yeah, I'm with you. Got definitely some interest there. I think a lot of people are going to focus on the Buffalo side of things because they're the team with something to play for. But I do think Miami gets up for this one uh, and pulls the upset. So next game we got Saints and Buccaneers. So Tampa we know is out. New Orleans right now, the number four seed. 
can slip to five if they lose, but they cannot move up much higher than that. So they want to win. They want a home game here. I think they handled this one pretty easily, Derek, and I think they do it. I think they've done all season long with defense, with Ingram, with Kamara. So preference with those two guys. I know it's been a juggling act all season long. Prices are both down, under 8K, 79 for Kamara, 75 for Ingram. I prefer the cheaper of the two. Where do you come out on those two and the rest of this game? Yeah, definitely nice to see him priced below 8K for the first time in a while. We've seen playing both of them. It's worked uh, quite a few weeks this season. So I actually don't mind, you know, pairing both if you want to. Uh, you're going to basically get, you know, 35 to 40 touches, get uh, all the goal line work, get a lot of pass catching, uh, you know, upside with those two. If I had to pick one, I think I'm going to go with Kamara. I think uh, there's Ingram people, there's Kamara people. I'm, I'm just sticking with Kamara at this point. Uh, you know, a little bit more explosive, even though he doesn't get the goal line work. I uh, like Michael Thomas. Wish his price wasn't so high, but I do think he's viable. Against the Bucks. we've seen this secondary just get burned time and time again this season. So I really think the Saints roll, uh, you know, implied total close to 29 points, one of the highest of the weeks of the week. And they do have a lot to play for. If uh, Tampa Bay can score some points, I really do think uh, this game could turn into a shootout. For Tampa Bay, I mean, Winston at 5,800, it doesn't look terrible. He's going to air it out. He may not be the most efficient, but uh, he is going to take some shots downfield. Looks like Deshaun Jackson uh, back at practice on Wednesday, so he should be able to return. That should help Winston a little bit. Not really sure I want to target uh, Mike Evans against Lattimore, uh, but I do think Winston's viable. And then uh, Peyton Barber, definitely interesting at 3,900. Let me see. He ended up playing... Uh, only 44% of the snaps last week, but, uh, yeah, at least interesting at 3,900. Yeah, no doubt. He, he's looked like the much better running back there, but this New Orleans D has been pretty good. So, you know, I, I don't even know if I want to pull the trigger on that one. Maybe some interest in the passing game. But for me, Chop, it's all New Orleans. Again, I think they roll here. Uh, so preference level, Kamara, Ingram, uh, and then any interest in the passing game, a breeze, a Michael Thomas. Uh, where do you come out on that side? I probably prefer Mark Ingram, but it's very close, and I think they're both playable. Uh, Michael Thomas last week was, man, you know, he was basically just a decoy, and that's it. So I'm going to assume that uh, he's not 100% healthy going into this game, and Ted Ginn could pick up some extra work. So I don't mind Ted Ginn as a GPP flyer for the Saints. Uh, I do have a little bit of interest in Tampa Bay's passing game. You know, I, I think that uh, being at home, they're going to look to pull the upset here. I think they're going to play with a lot of in, in enthusiasm. So I think uh, there could be a possibility that you could have a good Mike Evans game. He really got going last week. Actually, he got going two games ago, uh, caught a long pass for a touchdown. Last week he had a good game. And this week, Lattimore is, is tough, but he's beatable. And Julio Jones showed that last week. You can beat the guy. And this is the same team where Mike Evans, you know, Sucker, sucker hit him in the back there in New Orleans and got suspended for a game midseason. So maybe there's some bad blood there. And Mike Evans is a very vengeful kind of guy. So if he's going to take out any vengeance this week on Lattimore, maybe he does. Maybe Winston targets him quite a bit. So I have, an, I have interest levels in Mike Evans in tournaments for sure. And it's, a, it's the highest total on the board in this one. So very much stackable. I, I like the Evans call there. A 50-point total in this one. So – uh, interesting game. I think the Saints roll, but can Tampa stand up, put up a fight? You guys seem to think so, so I'm starting to come around on that one. All right, next game, Jacksonville, Tennessee. 
Jacksonville locked into the number three seed in the AFC, so I would be surprised, shocked, if, if their guys play any, if at all, here in this game. Tennessee on the other side, everything to play for. They win and they're in. They lose. They're probably out. They got two teams right behind them in Buffalo and the Chargers that could sneak into the playoffs here. So Tennessee at home against what should be a skeleton Jacksonville crew here, Chop. DeMarco Murray, the big story here. You know, he, he's hurt. We'll see. He says he's going to tough it out and play. I wish he would just sit on the sidelines so we could actually play Derrick Henry for once. But uh, any interest in the Tennessee running game? And does Tennessee actually win this game to make the playoffs against Jacksonville? Yeah, so uh, because of all the question marks with Jacksonville's uh, offensive starters, I'm, I wouldn't – play any of those guys you know I just you can't take that kind of a chance I don't think right now so uh, I'll pass on Jacksonville and for Tennessee yeah that's the big question is Murray Henry now they didn't do us any favors with the salary because they bumped Henry up about seven or eight hundred dollars from last week they could see that Murray was going to be out or at least highly questionable so they bumped Henry up just in case and um, I'm not sure if sitting out people is going to carry over to the defense like that. I mean, are they going to sit out, uh, you know, A.J. Bowie and and all these really good defenders? I don't – that's a big question mark because if they were fully healthy, I'd have a lot less interest in Derrick Henry if I knew the defensive line was going to be out there for three quarters or so. So uh, I think Henry's the guy I want in this game. I certainly don't want to go with Mariota or his pass-catching core right now. Maybe Delaney Walker, but – the receivers, no way. And uh, Derrick Henry is the one I would want to go with, but it's not a, it's not like a cut and dry, easy call to make like it would be on on a normal weeks. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure about that just yet. I mean, if if he if Murray's out, which I believe he has a torn MCL, not not a severe. However, they grade those. To me, they all sound severe. I tear my MCL. It, it doesn't sound fun, but he's a starter. I have interest. So, Derek, you're the Jags fan. I'm sure that you're looking into this. Are they going to sit? They're defensive players. It's a good point. Offense, I don't have any interest unless we're talking maybe a Chris Ivory, something like that, a guy who you think could get some carries. But what do they do defensively? Because Henry, probably the only guy of interest on the Tennessee side, if Murray's out the passing game, I'm going to stay away even if it's the backups for Jacksonville. So what are they doing defensively is a big question here. Yeah, Doug Marone's coming out and saying that they're uh, not going to rest their starters, that they're going to play to win this game. I don't know if that's coach speak or what. Uh, Vegas clearly doesn't believe him. They're three-and-a-half-point underdogs, which probably wouldn't be the case if they had something to play for. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to trust anyone on Jacksonville's side. But I do hope they uh, win this game. I'd like to see the Chargers squeak into the playoffs, uh, which we'll get to here shortly. But for Tennessee, I think Derrick Henry is going to be the play for me. Yeah, DeMarco Murray – Grade three MCL tear. You know, I don't know a lot about the grades or anything like that, but uh, it's usually four to six weeks is what I've read. So I, I don't expect him to play. And if he's even if he's active, I don't think he's going to see more than a couple snaps. So, yeah, I'm aboard the Derrick Henry train. We've been waiting for this all year. It's finally a good spot for him. They're in a must-win situation. I think they uh, ride him quite a bit. And you know you can beat the Jags uh, on the ground. So, yeah, he's a guy for me here, not interested in anyone else. All right. So, yeah, I, I don't think they play everybody. But like you said, the coaches sometimes will say that and things change. And Vegas is your indicator. You brought that up. So good point there. Next game, Chiefs and Denver, another team. Chiefs locked into the number four seed uh, in the AFC. We get Patrick Mahomes making his first start. I believe I read a stat. First, no, no quarterback the Chiefs have drafted has won a game for them in the last 30 years. And I don't know if that's exact. Yeah. 
no quarterback they've drafted, I believe it's 30 years, has won a game for them, which is crazy to me that it can go back that far. But here we are. So Derek, Patrick Mahomes, not the greatest matchup here. Denver's still a, a good defense in my opinion, but 4,700, do you have any interest at, as him at a cheap quarterback play? And then what are you doing with the rest of the Chiefs? I do have some interest in tournaments. Definitely not a cash game guy. First career NFL start. I mean, looked great in the preseason. Had uh, 400 passing yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Can get it done on the ground as well. So I always like those dual threat quarterbacks, especially when they're cheap. So I do have some interest. I wish the game was in Kansas City or, you know, I wish he had a easier matchup. But still do have some interest in 4,700. Broncos have you know, looked better in the last couple of weeks, but they got nothing to play for. Uh, as far as the rest of the Chiefs, uh, not going to be playing any of them. I um, mean, you know, if Cream Hunt sits, you can we maybe pl- take a look at uh, Akeem Hunt or Sharkandrick West if uh, they end up drawing the start. But uh, no interest in the pass catchers, really. For Denver, I mean, C.J. Anderson's looked pretty good uh, the last couple weeks. If they're going to be playing from ahead, 6K. For a home favorite, isn't bad. Um, I do like a guy like Derrick Henry a little bit more. Um, but yeah, with Paxton Lynch at quarterback, I don't want anything to do with these receivers. In that game, he had drew the start uh, a few weeks back. He just looked terrible. So for me, it's just the running game and uh, Mahomes for the Chiefs. Yeah, Sanders looking questionable again this week. And I'm going to use my third and wrong on Demarius Thomas here. I figured no Emmanuel Sanders against Washington. Just didn't get it done. Six for 52 is all right, but not enough uh, for me. So Demarius Thomas, my third and wrong for week 16. So Chop Patrick Mahomes, where do you come out of him, cheap quarterback? We know he's got dual upside with his legs. Can he get anything done here, though, in Denver against pretty tough defense? Yeah, I'm gonna. I want to. I'm curious to see what the ownership projection is this week as it as it comes closer. Because just when they made the announcement today, uh, I saw a lot of talk about it, a lot of buzz about it. So maybe he's a chalky guy, and if that's the case, then that's a pretty easy fade. It's he kind of screams of like Johnny Manziel kind of thing here, you know. Yep. Like I remember the Johnny Manziel week, and he was a uh, oh, there's no way at this price he can't miss. He just can't miss at this price, <laughs> but he did miss, and it, it can happen, especially if you're willing to rest Alex Smith. Then you're probably going to rest Kareem Hunt. You're probably going to rest Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. So who's he going to throw to? Like, you know, I don't know, man. Just just serious question marks I have about him. So if I think he's going to be chalky even the least bit, then that's an easy fade for me. Uh, and the rest of the offense doesn't interest me at all. I mean, I, I don't know. If you're going to rest the big guns, then I'm, I'm certainly not going to take a chance on Demarcus Robinson as the go-to guy. He hasn't shown me anything in the NFL, so I'll pass on that. And on the other side, uh, I do agree with Derek. It's a, it's a shame Paxton Lynch is starting this game because I would want to play some Demarius Thomas against this defense in this last game of the year, a home game like this, probably without Emmanuel Sanders. But Lynch is just so bad, I don't even know if he can get the ball to him at all. So I think it's C.J. Anderson or bust. No interest in Lynch, 4,500 against a probable skeleton defense? Man, I think it could be. I I don't know. I'm just asking the questions here. (laughs) He's not Drew Stanton. No. Joe. I would would probably – pass on Lynch against a college defense right now. All right. Just just asking. So, yeah, the, and you bring up uh, Manziel. I fell for that trap. And it's the old, well, he doesn't have to do much argument to, to make value. Well, I agree. I, you know, Mahomes, I, I think he's going to be a good player in this league eventually. But 
I don't know that this is the week to roster him with, with all these games, all the choices out there. Uh, I think I'll be avoiding that one, but uh, we'll see. It's a good point on the ownership, see where he comes out. But right now, little to no interest. All right, Chop, Oakland and Chargers. Next game up for us. Chargers, obviously, can win, can get some help and make the playoffs. Uh, Derek Fruton for the Chargers. I find him a fun team as well. I think the big question here is the running back position. You know, Melvin Gordon said he's going to do everything he can to try to play, but did not practice. As of today, we're recording on Wednesday. Eckler also banged up. So could be a situation to watch here with the Chargers. Does that put you more on the passing game, or do you have more interest in the passing game regardless in a Rivers and Allen and old man Antonio Gates making oh, money last yeah, week? So yeah. uh, what, are you, what are you doing here with the Chargers? A, a lot to get to here. Yeah, you could go back to Gates. This is a home game here. I mean, depending on what happens with everybody else, this could be his last home game, his last game period. So I would imagine that regardless, Phillip Rivers will try to force it into him at the very least if they get inside the 10-yard line, try to get him one last touchdown, you know, in his uniform. So I have interest in Gates, even though the price went up. I'm fine with that. Melvin Gordon, I don't – even if he's active, how how good can you be? you know, on a bum leg. I don't know. So, uh, Melvin Gordon, I would just, I would just wish they would just rest him and, and then give us some news on Eckler. So we have some, uh, uh, value here with Brandon Oliver. If, and, and, uh, even if, if Eckler's healthy though, then, and he's active and he's the starter, I would go with Eckler. Uh, but uh, Gordon, even if he's active and starting, I wouldn't touch Gordon. That's a little bit too much to ask for. So I would go to Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams. I think the passing game is perfectly fine here. So, uh, probably I'm leaning towards the passing game right now for San Diego and for Oakland. Ah, this is tough, man. You know, the passing game looked very, very bad against Philly. I think it'll look better this week. I do think they want to come in and knock the Chargers out, beat them to end their season. I just, I think there's some motivation there, but Crabtree's banged up. Cooper's banged up. I don't know. Lynch is about 50 years old. I don't know if, I don't know if they have enough weapons to do it. So, they may just end up rolling over after the first quarter or the first half, so probably won't touch any of them. Yeah, I have some interest in Crabtree. You know, coming off that bagel, uh, people will will not want to go there. The price went five hundred dollars down. It was sixty three hundred now fifty eight hundred. And he, he did all. He had a pretty nice game against them the last time out. Ten targets, six for fifty two and a touchdown. So uh, it was him over Cooper, but Cooper fifty two hundred. You get a lot of upside at a cheap price. So. Derek, hit on those two guys. I think they're really the only two Raiders of note here, unless you have interest in Jared Cook. And then what are you doing on the Chargers? I think there's a lot of choices to be made. I think it's a very stackable team this week. Yeah, the first time these two teams played, Casey Hayward ended up shadowing Amari Cooper for most of the game, which probably led or was the reason why Crabtree saw you know more targets. I do like Crabtree quite a bit in this spot uh, if we're going to assume that Hayward's going to be on Cooper again. So I like Crabtree. That's the only guy I'm looking at for Oakland. Uh, for the Chargers, this does set up as a great game uh, for the passing attack. You know, with Melvin Gordon, if he's going to play, who knows how effective he'll be. Uh, Austin Eckler has a broken hand. He played with a cast last week, so sounds like he might just end up doing special teams again. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to uh, protect the ball you know, with a cast, so I don't know if he's going to be able to play running back. And uh, if, Brandon, if Melvin Gordon's out, then Brandon Oliver becomes an awesome play for sure. Uh, but I like Phillip Rivers. I like Keenan Allen, and I like Antonio Gates. I think you can definitely stack, uh, you know, two or three of these guys together. Just a great spot. I mean, they're a must-win situation. They're not going to take their foot off the gas. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be fun to see him in the playoffs. Um, 
Although if the if the Ravens win, then maybe I don't want the Chargers to win because then that means they would face the the Jaguars. If the oh, Jaguars win. they need yeah. to be put to the test on that one. So interesting. Should be some, you know if Gordon can't go, I'm definitely going to be looking at that the running back spot for the Chargers for some value. But something we'll have to keep an eye on as we go throughout the week. All right, moving on. We got two games left, and this one should be fun, you know. And you know, I guess could have used my third and wrong on Jimmy Garoppolo. Chop. I'm going to leave that for you. I think you do that each and every week, so you got you got to keep your streak alive here. But what a game by the Niners! You know, just coming out and totally proved a lot of people wrong, putting a ton of points on the board. Now they go to LA face the Rams, and the Niners, one of those teams where yeah, they they don't have any playoff aspirations. But I don't see them slowing down at all. You know, they got a lot of motiva- motivation going into next season, you know, playing hard, proving people wrong. I-, I think it's a team to watch next season. The Rams, on the other hand, they're, they're kind of locked in to the three or the four seed. They could still move down a little bit. They cannot move up, though, into one of the top two seeds. So, Derek, what do you think the Rams do here? Do, do they go all out? I'm hearing differing opinions on this one. You know, McVay's come out and said, you know, we're going to go all out. We're going to win this game. I don't know that they have to do that, and the spread's kind of indicated Rams from minus three and a half to plus three in this game. So it's been a six-point swing. I like the Niners side of this. Where do you come out, Niners and Rams? Yeah, I definitely don't expect the Rams starters to play the whole game. Uh, you know, I don't even really expect them to play more than a half or so. You know, Todd Gurley is in the MVP consideration, so maybe they want to get him another score or two to add to his resume, but – uh, 9,800, way too much for him. I think I'm just going to pass on the Rams offense as a whole. Uh, unless they end up, you know, resting Gurley or something like that, then you can maybe look at his backup. But if they don't, uh, if they say that they're going to play their starters, then I'm just going to be avoiding Los Angeles altogether. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I read something today that, you know, as a starter, he hasn't lost a football game since 2013 or something crazy like that, which is uh, pretty cool. Um, he can go 7-0 and if he picks up a win this week. So uh, I don't love him in this spot. I mean, the Rams, you know, very good defense, and they're on the road. But I don't mind going to Marquise Goodwin, you know, as a one-off play from uh, the Niners. He's been really good with Garoppolo under center. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, got a good chance to get the 100-yard bonus. He just needs to find the end zone to really pay off that salary. And, and who would have thought Garoppolo would be more expensive than Phillip Rivers, than a Drew Brees, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins? I mean, it just shows uh, the level that he's playing at. So – and I recorded that little clip, you saying Todd Gurley in the MVP conversation, so we'll hang on to that. <laughs> Chop, Gurley, again, take all the victory laps we want on this one. The guys looked like a world beater here the last few weeks, but I agree with Derek. Really tough for me to pay 9800 even if even if they come out and say our starters are going to play. I don't think they play the whole game, so probably be off of that. But San Francisco have some interest in this passing attack led by Jimmy Garoppolo. How about yourself? Sure, I think Frisco's all in play. Uh, Garoppolo, Hyde, Goodwin. Sure, man, I think they're uh, I think they're all perfectly fine to play this week. Uh, especially Hyde at four point nine against a defense that I think is going to be without Aaron Donald. Man, if they're going to rest guys, then they're going to make sure they rest like the number one defensive lineman in the NFL, Aaron Donald. So that would be good for Carlos Hyde. So I think I think they're all in play. Uh, I do think the Rams rest guys. I think it's I think it's almost a foregone. Con- I'd be shocked if we saw even a down out of Todd Gurley this week. In which case, Malcolm Brown would come in and at three point nine be a guy against San Francisco that uh, you know maybe you could roster. You, maybe you could find some value there from somebody like that. Otherwise, these main starters, Golf, Gurley, Woods, I don't want. In, they're not going to play, so I don't want any part of them. 
Yeah, just stick back to week three. There were 80 points on the board in this game. It was still probably the game of the year, that, that Rams-Niners game. So wish we could see all-out effort by the Rams. I think it'd make it fun. I don't think we're going to get that. And I'm with you. I love Carlos Hyde here. Breda, 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 you know, he looked good last week. But a lot of touches, 42 touches for Carlos Hyde over the last two weeks. You get that for under 5,000. I think you got to take a look. All right, we've reached the end. We got Arizona. We got Seattle chop. We know Seattle. They have to win. Atlanta has to lose for them to get in the playoffs. Both teams playing at 425, so they're going to have to go all out. I love Russell Wilson this week. It's been two down games in a row, but coming home with everything to play for, 6,900, where is your interest level in Russell Wilson? And then the other side, my boy Drew Stanton didn't quite get to the 20 I was looking for, but got me to the 15-ish that he's been putting up. Does he do any damage in this game at Seattle? So for the Cardinals, I'll start off, and I want to use my third and wrong on uh, Larry Fitzgerald. You know, he's a guy who I, I've – listen, I was I was on Fitzgerald when people thought he was washed up two or three years ago. I thought he still had something left. But I've, for the past couple years, I haven't been playing the guy late in the season because he tends to wear down, and that's it. So, uh, But I give him props, man. He did not wear down this year. He went out, and last week I think he was the number one wide receiver in fantasy. You know, so – Props to Fitzgerald. I was wrong. I was I was third and wrong, Larry. But with that being said, I have a hard time thinking Arizona is going to compete in this game offensively. I don't know how they're going to get it done. So that kind of tempers my expectations on the whole game. I do like Russell. I do like Doug Baldwin, Jimmy Graham, even Mike Davis. Uh, but I don't know if they're going to have to sit here and pass this ball. Like last year, this game in Seattle against Arizona was a shootout. This game is not going to be a shootout. That had David Johnson in it, and, and you know, Arizona was competing. They're not really competing right now, and they've got Drew Stanton and no David Johnson. So uh, I have a real hard time thinking they're going to push the envelope here, but I think Seattle can put up some points. Maybe Mike Davis in clock killing time gets you more than enough value. So, But I do have general interest in the whole Seattle offense. Yeah, I mean, big favorites here. So, I, you know, I get the concerns with the blowout. It's not a big total either. It's actually a total that's been bet down, you know, opened up uh, in the low 40s. Now we're in the 38 territory, 38 and a half. So, Derek, your interest level, Seattle, a lot of pieces you can go to here. Wilson, uh, Chop brought up Mike Davis, who I like as well, Baldwin Graham, and then Arizona. I think I agree. I, I don't know there's much there, even against a banged-up secondary. If I want to go back to the Drew Stanton well or not, as of right now, probably not with this low total in this game. So uh, wrap us up here, Seattle and Arizona. All right, I guess I'll use my third and wrong on Drew Stanton. Did not expect yes. him to score as many points as Russell Wilson last yes. week. Wasn't expecting that. Uh, so props Love to you, Beer. I could have right, press uh, on, sir. Press on. Could have saved twenty five hundred dollars in salary. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I think Fitz is interesting. If you think uh, this game's going to stay competitive, if you want to stack up Wilson and company, you can bring it back with Fitz. Uh, playing at a high level. I've heard some talk about, you know, this could be his last game, but he did sign a one-year contract extension. So I kind of expect him to be back, especially after that big week uh, last week. For Seattle, I think Chop does bring up some good points about the game. Uh, you know, nine and a half point spread. Cardinals don't really have the weapons that they did 
um, in past meetings. But I do think Russell Wilson's in play. Arizona number one in DVOA against the run. So I don't think they're going to be able to get much on the ground. And, uh, you know, those 24 points from Seattle, they're implied total. They got to come from somewhere, and I think they're going to come from Wilson. So I'm going to go uh, right back to Wilson in a must-win game. Doug Baldwin in his last three games against uh, Arizona put up 13 for 171 and a touchdown, six for 69 and uh, five for 95. So he has a pretty good track record. Uh, not sure how much of Patrick Peterson he's going to see, uh, but if we hear that Peterson's not going to shadow him because Baldwin does uh, run a lot of routes in the slot, then I like him quite a bit. And that's uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. All right, that wraps us up. Should be a fun week. You know, a lot of teams have a lot to play for here. And, again, kudos to the NFL. They, they took away the primetime game, which kind of sucks. But uh, they set up the schedule, making teams all play at the same time that have something to play for. So going to be a fun day. All right, let's get to our Faith Hill place here for Week 17. Derek, let's start with you. Who are you keeping the faith in? I'm going to go Derrick Henry. We've been waiting for a breakout game from him all year that wasn't uh, you know, in garbage time where he breaks off an 80-yard run at the end of the game. Don't really expect DeMarco Murray to be active, or uh, if he is, I don't expect him to play very much. Uh, torn MCL there. So I think Derrick Henry gets it going. Titans need to win. They're playing at home. Could be uh, you know, facing some of the Jaguars' backups. So I really think 5500 for him uh, is a great price. DeMarco, if you're out there listening, just just sit down, buddy. Take take a week off. He, he's like the like a damn zombie. Yeah, he, he just keeps playing. I'm gonna try to play. How the hell are you gonna try to play when you got a four to six week injury? But I'm with you. Lock and load on Derrick Henry if he's the guy. So we'll be very popular. An interesting discussion what to do in tournaments, but cash games. I think you lock him in. Chop, Faith Hill play week seventeen. Who you got? So uh, I'm going to try to take somebody who uh, has let me down all year long, basically. And uh, I, when they send those emails for DraftKings at the end of the year saying, these are the players you rostered the most. <laughs> and you look at them and you say, that's, that's why I lost so much money this year because that was my most rostered wide receiver. For me, that's probably going to be Doug Baldwin. And I've rostered this guy all year long. He's had three good games this year. That's about it. Like three legitimately good games, over 20 fantasy points. Last two weeks, five catches for 41 yards total. So he's been a disappointment this year, to say the least. But I'm going to go back to him this week, and I hope they get him a long long touchdown early because I don't think it's going to be a, a big shootout like the game you mentioned, the big 170-yard game against Arizona last year was a total shootout. It's not going to be like that this year. But I hope they get it to him early because I'm going to have him on a lot of rosters, and he's been letting me down all year long just – but all it takes is one week, and then they totally redeem themselves. <laughs> yep, that, that's the old third and wrong email that they sent. Like, yeah, there's this guy I put a lot of money into. It was wrong all season long. So definitely know how that feels, and I'm going to go with the same guy. That, that's been a letdown all season long, but I'm going to keep the faith in Matt Ryan, guys, and you guys weren't very enthused, but 5,900 at home, everything to play for. His best game of the season came against who? You guessed it, Carolina. Actually had a decent game there, three, over 300 yards, over 22 DraftKings points. So if he can get me over 20 DraftKings points at 5,900, I will take it. Keeping the faith in Matt Ryan this week against Carolina. All right, let's wrap it up, guys. Final thoughts. This kind of wraps us up for the season. I, I'm going to see what I can do. You guys in for a playoff OG's pod if we can make it work? We ought to, yeah. do, a, we ought to do a little playoff slash uh, 
season in review next week. Ah, yeah, I love that yeah. idea. So yeah. let, let, let me talk to the higher up. So hopefully <laughs> this is not the last OGs pod of the year, but we'll see what we can do. But final thoughts here, guys. Like I said, I love week 17. I, I think there's a huge edge to be had. That being said, you got to dig deeper. You got to find those beat writers, find the information. And we're going to have you set up here at Roto Grinders. But guys, wrap us up, Derek. Let's get to you. Final thoughts here for week 17. Can we do our bold calls? Oh, yeah. Bold call. See, I'm, the holidays are throwing me off, man. I, I can't remember <laughs> a damn thing here. So, yes, bold calls. Let's start with that. Then we'll get to final thoughts. Who you got for bold call, Derek? All right. So just in case uh, this is our last part of the year, need to go out uh, super bold. So I'm going to go Jay Cutler, over 300 yards and four touchdowns in an upset over Whoa. the Bills. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, that'll be my uh, – Last hot take of the year. That baby is scorching, Chop. Your yep. touchdowns for smoking Jay. All right, mm-hmm. Chop, what do you got? Bold call. Bold call. I'm not as bold, but I'm going to say that the number one and number two fantasy running backs this week both come from the same team, New Orleans. I think Ingram and Kamara go one-two on the final leaderboard at running back. I like that. Stack them guys together. It can be a profitable strategy. It doesn't seem like you you want to go that route, but definitely something you can pull off this week, especially with some of the value that will open up throughout the week. I'm going to stick with my third and wrong. I think Matt Ryan puts up four touchdowns in this game, and I know he doesn't have any games this season with even more than two touchdowns passing, but I think Matt Ryan goes over 25 DraftKings points and goes four touchdowns on Carolina, and the Falcons win that game. All right, now. We can get the. Is there anything else I forgot? Anything else I, I, I messed up here along the way? I hope not. Uh, it's been a blast, guys. I, I'm going to start here. Been a fun season again. Hopefully, this is not our last pod, but been awesome getting together with you guys each and every week and breaking down the slate. So, thank you to you guys. I've been a good time. Thank you to everybody out there for listening each and every week. We appreciate all the feedback. So, I'm going to turn it over to Chop. Let's start with you. Final thoughts here, week 17. Week 17 is, uh, for as much fun as it gets made of, it's a great DFS weekend because there's a ton of value out there. You can make a lot of money. Just look back to last year. Rex Burkhead, man, you know. Rex Bur- if you had Rex Burkhead on week 17 in 2016, you made a ton of money. There's going to be a couple of Re- Rex Burkheads this week. We just got to find them. Uh, hopefully, we're off to a good start. And been a fun year. I'm sure we're going to have another podcast to do for the playoffs next week. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sweat that. But if not, it, it has been an enjoyable season. It's been a blast. So, you know, thanks, guys, for doing this with us. All right, Derek, what do you got? Final thoughts, week 17. Yeah, it's been a blast doing this with you two. You guys are two of my favorites. Um, thanks to everyone listening for sure. And, yeah, uh, my one piece of advice, probably don't wait until – or probably wait until Saturday until you start making your lineups. There's so many unknowns early in the week. We're waiting on, uh, you know, coaches. We're waiting on a bunch of injuries that everything could pretty much change uh, based on a couple, you know, news or news items that come out. So wait until Saturday if you can to make some lineups, maybe even Sunday morning. And, uh, yeah, thanks again. Yeah, don't blow the whole bankroll here. You, you got playoff DFS, which is a lot of fun, especially those, those first couple weeks where you got quite a few games to go. So DFS is not over. The full slates, this is the end. But uh, playoff DFS, a lot of fun as well. The sites, we know we'll do it big. We'll do it huge. So that'll wrap us up for week 17. I'm going to do everything I can to get a DFS playoff pod here in next week. Uh, season review, I like that idea, Chop. So 
I'm sure we'll be back next week. But if not, it's been a blast, guys, again. And thank you again to everybody out there for listening for the great feedback. For Head Chopper, for Notorious, I am Beer saying salut. We'll see you in the playoffs, guys. Have a good week, 17. Good luck, everybody.